Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Gold Corn Expressin'. Yes. I have to admit, when you I, when you read that name to me last week, I had no idea what that was. <laughs> At least I have an idea this week. Now, Aaron, I want to take this opportunity to ask you about your previous train experiences. I know that both you and I have uh, been uh, uh, on the famous, world-famous Cass Scenic Railroad here in the great state of West Virginia. But have you been... Nope. You've never been on the Cass Scenic Railroad. Listen, I don't make Cass Scenic Railroad money, Boat. That thing's expensive. I've been on other scenic railroads, though. I, Hawking Hills, I've been on that one. Okay, well, that's great, because I didn't want to I didn't want to ask you about a railroad that I'd been on. So tell me about the Hawking Hills Railroad. Hawking Hills, uh, which we heard about, is in uh, the Hawking Hills section of ohio it's very I close to where i went to college yeah what's the name of that place there hawking Bo? college is the hawking yeah. college mm-hmm. that's what you have to hawk all the stuff you own to go to college that's uh you know the the nickname of ohio university is the harvard on the hawking oh yeah because yeah, it's also on the hawking no, river no kidding well I, i'm not as familiar with that area as you, as you are obviously but uh they do have a uh uh a classic well they've actually got a train of two sorts there mm. What they've got is the train has got two different sets of cars. Some cars are your classic sort of sightseer, like open cars. Right. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. There's just seats, and then they're open. It's almost like a, a it's like a bigger version of the train at the zoo or something like that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then they've actually got a couple double-decker, like, travel cars. Really? Uh, that Yeah. It was surprising. These big, they're big travel cars that they... Uh, uh, and you can so if you want air conditioning and whatnot and be like it's less noisy, you can go set nose. And so we actually drove uh, out in the out open cars and came back in the in the uh, air conditioned car. Mm. So that was nice. Yeah. But it was it's a uh, the scenic Hawking Valley sort of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to. I, I imagine that it's probably similar to very. This was a lot like Cass if you took the C off. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that good. Uh, amongst the things we saw were junkyards, dumps. There was one great moment, probably the highlight of the entire trip, was when we saw, uh, as we drove by, and it's funny because the, the conductor honked the horn at just the right time. There was a chick, because you're going through a lot of residential neighborhoods, right. and there was a chick sunbathing topless on her on her deck. Wow. And this guy hit the horn, and she popped up real quick and ran in the house. <laughs> That was pretty funny, uh, but uh, uh, it, it, as I recall, the when you this thing goes all the way out, and then you stop at a, at a like a um, a park or a, a scenic yeah it's like a park. Yeah. I think there may be a museum there even, uh, and then you it could even be on campus boat. To be honest with you, I don't remember exactly. But it, the train goes there after about I don't know a half hour, and then you uh, get out, stretch your legs, get something to drink. 
you know, mill around. Oh, they have, I knew they had snakes there. I remember that. They had a, a <laughs> maybe that's their, yeah. that's their catchphrase. We've got snakes. We got snakes. Uh, and, and they, you know, in a, they had somebody going around, you could pet the snake or whatever at your bag. And then you will hop back on the train. This sucker, uh, turn, does a Yui, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then heads back to the station and that's your, that's your ride. Mm. So it, I'm not gonna lie. It was not the most scenic railroad I've ever been on, but it well, it's, I guess it's more scenic than most. It was okay, you know. It wasn't too. It wasn't expensive, but uh, you know. And the kid dug it. Of course, he had to remember it now. This is the mistake I made: was taking Luke to do tons and tons of stuff when he was like one and two. Yeah. He don't know what the hell happened last week. Right. So doing all that was worth. Have you ever taken Luke to any of the Thomas the Train like uh, ride Thomas excursions? You know, the only times he ever, he never comes hardly around here. He's been to Columbus and stuff. Mm -hmm. And Luke, at the, now Luke doesn't give a crap right, about Thomas. Right. But at the time, we wanted to take him to one, but we just never, I don't remember, I don't think we ever got to go to one, you know. Yeah. I hate it, Tom. Actually, it's funny, I like the show. We've talked about mm -hmm. this. But I hate the toys, because they cost, I mean, yeah. I've got a lot of money tied up in Thomas, and you ain't never getting that money yeah. back. That's the gone. resale market is low on the, on the Thomas oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those people are smart, and they, those those toys. There's a lot of Thomases and Percys and, and and all the rest in landfills all over. Making <laughs> sure I'm sitting here, because eventually you just want to get rid of them. And my kid had the train table oh, yeah. and all that crap. Yeah. So like this Thomas obsession took up more space than an arcade machine. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. what is Luke's? Although when I say it that way, it makes me sure I sound like a jerk. Now that I think. <laughs> Because I guess I'm, this is I've got three or four Thomas the Tank engines. Yeah, the there. difference is though, whenever you want to sell those Thomas the Tank engines, you're going to be making some Monet. Good point, Boat. Thanks for saving me right there. <laughs> so what is uh what is Luke's current obsession these days? Well, anything to do with the video games, the phone or the Switch. Uh, he's he loves Pokemon. Pokemon is perennial. This thing he won't it won't stop. It's another thing I've got some big money sink. Uh, he loves uh, Roblox. Mm. He plays that a mm -hmm. lot. Uh, and uh, so I'd say those are his major obsessions. And uh, well, we you know of course whatever me and him are playing at the time. Right now we're playing that crazy uh, reliable delivery service. He likes that. We've been playing that quite a bit. And Lake and Lego uh, video games. He plays that crap too. They're they're, they're clever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I get real sick of that stuff real quick, but <laughs> you ever you ever invite him to play around at Alcon with you instead? He's not. You know, he'll play some stuff on the arcade machine, but not stuff like mm. that. You know, although he, I will say, he saw me playing this week's game, and he actually sat watching me play it for a while, mocking me, of course. Well, it's hard not to mock a game like Gold Corn Expressin'. Have you, have you, uh, did you have a train set when you were, you were a train set kid back in the no. day? You know, this is one of these things that I, growing up, I didn't have a train set and I didn't know anybody that had a train set until I was probably in middle school. And, uh, one of the guys that lived two doors down from us was an old retired dude. And he had a whole, like a, a scale model of the town of Hurricane in his garage, which was insane. Um, no kid. Yeah, and so uh, and so that was I, I got into it a, a little bit, but that was a, around the same time that I was getting into lots of stuff, uh, and I, I never. Uh, there's been times where I've contemplated buying, you know, making a little train set, but the thing is, is it's just like once you get into it, it never ends. It never. You ends. should never do yeah. that. Yeah. You should never. You personally, John Bodecar, should never get into trains. Yeah. 
It's it's a, you because you'll lose. You know, uh, the Chud's dad was a big train really? guy before he passed away. Oh, yeah. They had the full setup in his basement. And, and now when I go there, of course, he still is in the same pad. He's got – his dad has a huge wall of nothing but engines mm-hmm. that he's collected. And, and trust me, the, each one of these things is worth a small fortune because sure. they're all uh, ancient. Then he's got boxes and boxes and boxes. He could probably fill half your basement with his train stuff from sealing the floor. Yeah. Just a ridiculous amount. And even like little chunks of track and stuff are worth a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I think if I, but that, that's an expensive If hobby. I was ever to get into it, I don't think I would do the landscaping layout thing at all just because it's, it's mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of space. I could see myself getting into collecting the various types of engines, especially like the, I really like Japanese trains. I think they look cool, but you're right. You're talking huge bucks and that's just not, it's not, not what I, what I want to get into. Do you ever go to that thing? We've taken a look at this thing three or four times. The tr- the train, uh, it's the model train, like Society of Dunbar or whatever puts on a show every year. I've been there before, but it's been a couple years. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. They have a real nice layout. You know, That's my kind of thing where you can just stroll on in and all the work's been done for you. And you can just sort of gaze around and check it out. And then when you leave, you're done. I don't have the attention to detail to that, do that sort of work or the arti- artistic ability. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know what would get you is you've got that huge layout that's as big as a house going through all these tunnels and crap, and you flip the switch and the sucker don't go because there's a open somewhere on those tracks, oh, yeah. and it's your job to go through there. Screw yeah. that. You know, I just like to see somebody else's good work. Exactly. That's fine with exactly. me. Exactly. Well, Aaron, you know, we're trains aplenty today on the show because uh, not only do we have the uh, our Gold Corn Express train, the Hawking River Express line, but we also have the Duncan Styles train. That's the train I want to ride. The <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> let's talk about what's been going on on the site, Aaron. Everythingamia.com. Man, my transition, I was going to use, it was just so much worse than that, I think. <laughs> let's talk. We, we only had one big dog this week, but the dog was huge. The Duncan, the Duncan Styles train pulled into the Checkmate station for part three of his build. Uh, if you uh, care to have a look. Uh, this week he fits the power supply and put and get uh, gets power strung in, puts in all the connectors, uh, does all the uh, dirty work to get this thing running. Look at that PSU. Look at that PSU, man. That I yeah. mean, like I I just got done replace or you know trying to fix this old gateway computer uh, a couple days ago, yeah. and yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, later. and uh, and I would have loved to have something that looks as sharp as this. Be quiet, PSU. This thing looks rad. Well, you know. Unfortunately for you, Boat, the machine you're working on predates that by several, <laughs> several decades. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, the dunk is, uh, it looks like Dunk, I may have one more ver- one more go at this, and then he's going to complete the series, but it looks good. Clearly, it's up and working. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good stuff, you know. Uh, this is a good step-by-step. You go back and watch him do it. Hey, you know, you learn a lot by just watching someone else put theirs together and see what they, where they, uh, had problems and whatnot. You know, I've seen quite a few. Almost everybody involved in the Amiga community in any major way has has gotten one of these things. And I've got to say <laughs> that I've enjoyed Duncan's implementation the most because it employs sort of the best of the old and the best of the new. You know, uh, like how do you, how do you, what what do you, what appeal what, what do you mean exactly? Well, the, in the that? way that he's he's putting in like his old accelerator and a CD-ROM. 
and he's got this new power supply that just looks so, so cool. Uh, but he's got the original A500 Plus board. He doesn't have one of those ACA boards like I think Neil used, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with those. But uh, to me, it's just a, it's a perfect combination of, of, of taking something from your youth, keeping the core, but then adding just this outer layer of goodness to it. I hope you see. I'm going to do the reverse of, of what of what uh, Duncan's doing, and I hope you're as I'm hope I'm hoping you're as satisfied when I violently rip the guts out of an Amiga 500 <laughs> and put in brand new hardware. <laughs> we'll see what you think. Get of a that. key raw and a pie, and you're good to go. No, no more. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Speaking of the key raw, they they've I read this week they've got a new one that you can put on the Coco. It, it uses the Coco keyboard. This is exact same shit. Really. So, so I, I, my first thought was, man, I could put a pie in the, a cocoa, then I slap myself. There we myself go. Yeah, yeah. That's... Don't do that, you idiot. All right, Aaron. Now it's time for the real train to pull into the station. The gamble train is here, Aaron, bringing us this week's crop of Amiga news. And what a week of news this has been. We have, this has probably been our busiest news week of the year. People are staying inside, they're social distancing, and they're Amiga undistancing, if you know what I mean. Hey, you know, before before you get into the Amiga news, yeah, man. how about some, how about some non-Amiga Let's news? Let's talk about some cocoa news to lead things off. Well, we didn't we didn't talk about this last week, so we're going to give it a quick plug. Uh, over, you know, as you may or may not know, me and Boat also have a show called the Coco Show. Yeah, we do. Uh, it's rich in Coco goodness, and Coco, we mean the TRS eighty color computer, uh, and we are running a contest to give away. Uh, can you yeah give away a copy of Gunstar: The Battle for Earth, just hot off the presses, still sealed, uh, Gunstar by Nick Marentes, and we are giving a copy away. Uh, it's a game for the Car Computer 3, uh, but anyone's eligible. You know, we, anybody, we, if you want it, you can come get it free, shipped to you free. Tell them what they got to do, Boat. All you have to do is go to Yonder iTunes, look up the Coco Show, make sure it's our Coco Show, not some other like stupid like Conan O'Brien thing, and then write us a review. We will choose from the reviews randomly. We'll just put them all in a hat and pick one out, and the winner will receive a free copy of Gunstar. Shipped anywhere in the free world. That's right. I will, we'll put it in the mail straight away, Boat. And this is a good game. And like I said, if you've got a Coco 3, great. You're good to go. If you don't have a Coco 3, hey, grab it. You got it for later. And if you don't even collect for the Coco... Or if you or any of the above apply, this will also work on emulators. And it also the disc also comes with some of Nick's older games, some of them he's enhanced. Yeah, now so it's you, a, it's a you good should bargain. mention how Pretty you were actually good. one of the pivotal members of the development team in this game. No. I will say it was nice of Nick to uh, to credit me. I was stunned when I saw that, but you were actually watching yeah. live when I noticed Yeah, it. I mean you <laughs> I were like, what? this game almost didn't come out. Until you sort no, of, you know, you kind of push no, it through had, the door. I had literally next to nothing to do with it. All I did was just play it, if you, you know, and told it what I thought. But it was nice for Nick to mention me. Uh, but uh, it's it's a really good game, and it exceeds what you would expect. The Coco uh, it would have the ability to do, especially in a, in a genre like a, like it a is. Shoot -em it's up. visually striking, is what it is. Yeah. So uh, if you're interested, it's simple. Hop over to. Uh, iTunes, the dreaded iTunes, or Apple, what's it called? Apple, Apple Podcasts, uh, if you've got an iOS right. device. And while you're over there, if you feel particularly froggy, 
just leave a review for everything. Yeah. <laughs> just right across the board. Coco Show, R. Sinclair, uh, 1200XL, Amigos, ARG. We'll take anything you got. But if you, but the ones for Coco Show are the ones where you get into the contest. And Bo, we're going to get into contest what next week? Is that? I think. What are we I think this? that's right. I think in May is when we're going to close it up. So you got okay. one more week to get it done. Beautiful. That's all I got on that boat. Keep them going. All right. Next up, Aaron. Speaking of uh, new uh, developments, uh, there is a new. Um, a new. Remember how last week we were talking about you know building the perfect Amiga. Yeah. And uh, this guy is putting an A twelve hundred in a six hundred case. Oh, I put this up actually. Oh, okay. So tell me a little I bit about this. Well, it's funny. We it, we were just talking about this exact same thing last week, and lo and behold, I'm flipping through Facebook, and someone had linked this up. I about fell out of my chair, and some dude did it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love this because you know he posted this on Ami Bay, and it's the normal Amiga forum community nonsense where he's like, "Hey guys, I'm thinking about doing this," and eight thousand people crap on him immediately. Tell him he's an idiot. Tell him to go home and never touch a computer again. Then three posts down, he's like, yeah, I did it. Here's some pictures. Eat it. That's every form. No, it's not. Though, it's the Amiga computer. community. No, it's not. They all are like that, and you know it. I'll tell you something. This guy, one thing I like about this guy, he just shows up. He goes, hey, I'm going to do this. And some people give him a little guff, and he just goes, well, here I'm doing this, and here I'm He just does yeah. it. And then he does it, and he finishes. He's like, I'm Listen, done. man. And everybody's like, well, crap, that's amazing. If I walked onto the Coco Talk Discord, and I said, hey, guys, I want to put a Coco 3 and a Coco 1. You know what they'd say? They'd say, let's see it. Go for it, man. You can do it. You're the man. It's, it's, it's different. You should it's different that, in mode. other communities. It's funny you should mention that because I was on the Coco Facebook. A dude is putting a Coco 2 or 3 in a TRS-80 model, like, one yeah, or two case. I love it. I love it. And so he's put, his, he's put his own monitor in, and he's what he's done is taking the Coco and just shoved the entire keyboard up through where the keyboard would go on the other one. Actually, that's awesome. I was like, man, that's a pretty good that's idea. That's awesome. I love I it. I give the guy credit. So anyway, thank you for posting that, Aaron. Hey. Now, this is something that hits really close to home. If you recall, Aaron, that uh, you know Jason replaced the uh, power supply connector in the Amiga 600 that is currently in our possession with a special uh, round plug that is a more common connection to uh, that you can yeah. you can you can you can find more parts for. And again, yeah, yeah. this is something when posted about on the Amiga Facebook page, ten thousand people told him that he would be condemned to Hades for the eternity for doing such a thing. Well, guess what? Sukopera has shown up, and he says he's integrated this connector into his open source Amiga Five Hundred Plus mainboard clone. Very good. So he came, he got it right directly from Jason. That's right. So this guy, well, this guy's creating a brand new open source Amiga 500 board, okay? And he integrated Jason's power connector into it because he knew it was a rad idea. Listen, Jason's not just some kind of hack and hose. No. This guy, he's got the skills to pay the bills. So I'm not terribly surprised. I will say this, uh, because I, you're killing the Amiga community. The Amiga community's fine. You've always got a couple dipsticks out there. Plus... You've also got the crowd that doesn't want the original designs monkeyed with. There's plenty of reasons to hate on it. But an open source uh, uh, edition like that, smart move. 
those you know I, they're reprinting those uh, you can now get those square power uh uh, couplings now you can still get the plugs mm -hmm. now that, that before you couldn't mm -hmm. you can get some now but i mean eventually what's the point you know what i mean you know what the you know what the uh, power input on the unamiga is it's a usb right. it's just like it, that's smart mm -hmm. why listen we don't have to dwell in the past man we can move on yeah. you know warren's was a smart boy they picked it up good for them and good for him absolutely now aaron next we have a new video from our friend amigo love Okay, now you know I love Amiga Love because oh, yeah. he is passionate about the Amiga 1000. And yeah. both you and I, owners of Amiga 1000s, we love that. And I especially love the fact that this guy is an NTSC Amiga 1000 guy because whenever I have questions about my 1000, I always ask him first and he's very responsive on the Twitter. So oh, yeah. this is his collection. This is number one with a bullet of videos that we will never do, Aaron. This is Amiga Love showing off his collection of real-time clocks for the Amiga 1000. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got one. He, it was given to he me. He takes you it's through like, several, and he tells you about the pluses and minuses of each. There are these real-time clocks that fit in every conceivable orifice coming out of the Amiga 1000. Um, and, uh, you know, I am not exactly sure as a gamer if I would ever benefit from having a real-time clock, but I know that they are useful in many practical applications outside the gaming world. So uh, I respect Amiga Love for taking us through this journey, the journey of the real-time clock. I will say, I'm looking at the I haven't seen this yet. I don't, I don't know how I missed this, but the, the clock he's showing where it plugs in the joystick port right there, wacky. That's for sure. I, I I remember when I had the Amiga 1000, and so I remember not caring too much about the clock, but I mean there were definitely a bunch of wacky ones, and plus they would come in other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of the stuff he's showing is stuff that oh by the way had a clock exactly. in it because that happened a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that is Amiga Love. Make sure if you're not already subscribed to him on the YouTube. It's killing me that I can't use my Amiga 1000. It drives me bananas because that stupid keyboard yeah. thing. I'm still working on trying to get a replacement freaking... I'm the only person on earth that can't get the keyboard well, to I've, work. Everyone else... I've been talking to Amiga Love because my big my big problem is that I just don't have any... I don't have a whole lot of game discs for it. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, so many of the games that we have are PAL games uh, on disc. And, uh, and so he has turned me on to some sources for uh, NTSC Amiga games. And also, there's a whole rigmarole where if you don't already have an Amiga, you've got to connect your PC to, uh, you know, to the Amiga with a null mode cables so i've got to get one of those but i'm on the case man it's gonna happen i can, I, I put a GoTech in mine it's great yeah i have it comes right off the i have the kickstart loaded at the first position so it just loads kickstart right away and i'm good to go i could just load up any game i want cool cool next up Aaron, we got more hardware from our buddy 10 mark doug is talking about a very unique piece of hardware something that not a lot of people had back in the day you know cd roms on the amiga i, I you know what percentage of uh, amiga users do you think had cd roms at all i never personally back in the day knew anyone <laughs> not, not you a know i think that the the, the 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 popularization of the cd-rom sort of coincided with the the resurgence of the pc as a gaming platform on the whole or as a productivity platform on the whole so i think that around the time the cd-rom really started picking up steam a lot of people were jumping ship off the amiga but of course there were definitely cd-roms for the later model amigas what doug is looking at this week is the commodore a570 cd-rom this is a cd-rom that you can actually 
actually connect to an Amiga 500. I had no idea that this thing existed. Had you heard of this before? I remember seeing these in magazines uh, back in the day. And uh, they're just big, bulky-looking tray drives. You know, that whole bit where you have to put the, the tray caddy. in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was talking to some of the boys on Discord about this. And when it comes to the CD-ROM... And listen, this thing works, seems to work fine. Mm -hmm. You know, and it turns your Amiga 500 into a CDTV for what that's worth. But the problem was just, what are you going to play on them? I mean, and, and yes, you've got the Fred Fish disc. Somebody mentioned that. But I mean, in terms of CD games, like it's not like uh, uh, the CD uh, TV was bubbling over with awesome titles. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of crap. So effectively, you're getting, I mean, really, it took away the, your reason for, to get one of these things. That was the problem. Yeah. Like, you've got to have a killer app or something to make you want to get one. Yeah, well, I can tell you, you know, that this... You can play music, this is, you know, big This deal. is one of the cooler CD players I've ever seen. Uh, I, I remember that the PlayStation had a sort of a visual CD player, too, uh, but it didn't look as cool as this one. Now, of course, these days, if you're going to pick one of these things up, it's just because you're a hardware junkie and, and you you like yeah. the obscure. But, uh, but you know... That that's what that's what Ten Mark is here for. He's here to bring you the uh, the the obscure and the uh, and the strange and uh, all of the things that you couldn't afford back in the day. And sometimes some of these things still continue to be expensive to this day. So this is vaguely reminiscent of the uh, CD playing software on the CD32. They've got a pretty cool like thing too when you put a CD in there. Mm. Sort of sort of reminds me. Yeah, of. yeah. So make sure you check that out. Ten minute Amiga Retrocast uh, coming up next, Aaron. This video, near and dear to my heart, when I first saw uh, this pop up, I thought, boy, this is this is just another reason why she's the I best. I this one, too. So this is Kim Justice. Uh, she is doing a video on nine obscure Amiga Euro platformers that don't suck. Uh, as you know, uh, it's it's very difficult to actually find a platformer on the Amiga that doesn't suck. But Untrue. Kim has managed to pull uh, nine games out. I tend to uh, I don't completely agree with all of her choices. Uh, no, but there were a couple gems. And with any video like this, of course, you're not going to agree with everybody that's talking on here. But um, but. I, there were a couple games that she found that I really want to check out. One being, um, it's a game called, oh my gosh, I wish that I could remember it. It's the game that I'm turning to right now in the video. I think it's called like Outlaw or Outlast, Outlander. Uh, you don't, Can you remember, Aaron? Yeah, I remember the, the where you morph into different animals. Yeah. Yeah, Odyssey. 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 Yeah. Odyssey looks cool. And then there's also another game, the last game that she looks out on here called Traps and Treasure. And this this yeah. game has a crazy story where the guy basically developed the game. the The company took it, didn't pay him, put it out, and immediately went out of business. Have we heard that story before, Aaron? No. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I I have to say, uh, and I'll give Kim credit. I had not heard of uh, several of these games. I mean, she started off the list strong by picking. She went started with. Her well, best she foot started forward, off. She picked Lionheart. And she started off talking was, about exactly the, the 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 stuff that I'm on about all the time about how like you know the Euro platformers they just can't compete with the Japanese platformers. They just can't. 
Well, they're just different, though. I mean, it's a different philosophy on platform. It's a sucky philosophy on platform. Well, it, but that's your opinion. You're not European. Maybe they like oh, it more. Oh, yeah. They, they love it. That's why... That, Ex- anyway, we're not going to have this fight. Listen, but, exploration and collection, that's, 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 the, the, that's, that's their thing. That's definitely their thing. Um, uh, but but, it, but the, it, the... She did pick a couple good yeah, ones. Yeah, I here, really like I, seeing I, I like seeing Lionheart on there. I, I continue to believe, even though I'm not a big fan of Lionheart as such, it is an achievement on multiple levels for the Amiga, and yeah. it's not its not a bad game. So, No, it's not. I was surprised as hell to see Kid uh, Chaos on the list, but I was even more surprised when she put Ugg on the yeah, list. Yeah, because that's... <laughs> that one is not a platform. Well, I think that you also have to look at this uh, from the perspective, again, from Europeans who regularly put games like Bubble Bobble on a, on a platformer list, which I don't yeah. consider Bubble Bobble to be a platformer either, no. or Rainbow Island, so... You know, um, uh, Ugg, as I recall, Boat, and, you, and your memory's better than mine, because we both liked yeah, Ugg. Yeah, Ugg's great. As I recall, wasn't that voted worst game of the year that, that year? Was, that was a but, shocking moment to me when, when people voted Ugg. It is probably the worst named game of the year <laughs> of, of all time. But um, but yeah, I, uh, I I did not agree with that at all. That was uh, Ugg is a great game, especially if you like, you know, it's a space taxi sort of uh, homage. So check that out if you have it, even if it's not technically what I would consider to be a platformer. It's an attractive game too, Boat. I, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but yeah, this is a good video, Kim. Kim I think Kim's gets gets a few of them right. That's for sure. Next up, we've got uh, this is I can't remember who uh, who put this up on the Discord, uh, but this was a, this is a, a story about a Palestinian artist who paints with uh, in real life, but also on an Amiga. Oh, this is the lady that uh, the boys over at Guru. Did a no, video I, I believe back. that this is a different woman. I think that lady... I li- Wasn't that chick's name Salma? I don't think so. I think that this... Well, maybe so. I always... I, maybe I miss... How many Middle Eastern women true. are painting Maybe you're right. Amiga? Maybe you're right. I just many. pictured her... For some reason in my mind, I thought she was even older. But... Uh, <laughs> Bam, I hope she's not watching. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just lost all my cred with Salma here. Boat, your ability to coerce women and to, and to communicate with them is amazing to me. <laughs> My God. Well, at, at any rate, uh, this is, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the, the, the same woman that, that Bill, you know, made that machine for and all that stuff. So, yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Let's just move on, shall we? I'm sorry. Just keep going. Aaron, Hollywood Designer 5.0 is out now. Let me get my checkbook. Respond. (laughs) Huzzah! You know, I don't know Hollywood is. Designer is. Great. I think it's an animation program. So if you're still using your Amiga to uh, to do animation, uh, you can you can do it with Hollywood Designer Five. I believe that this is a four pay uh, pla- uh, uh, thing. It says there are native versions for OS three, Warp OS, Morph OS, OS four, and AROS. So they are going all Man, out with all the... That is massive support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, that's like a game that supports all the loser consoles. You know? <laughs> think about I'm looking that. for... Are... Uh, let's see. The, and this thing is not cheap either. Uh, this thing is, sells for uh, 100 euros for the uh, the base uh, the base package and then if you want the uh, the the Hollywood 8 the Hollywood APK compiler 
and Remedios, you're paying one ninety nine. <laughs> I should be teaching the class of Remedios. That's my life. Right and then there's the Ultra Mega Package. That's two hundred and fifty nine. So, boy, is that what it's called? It's, I wish it was called the Ultra Mega Package. Oh, I was going to get my checkbook for real if they'd called it. This that. thing is, uh, you know. This is for the people that are still hardcore into doing productivity on the Amiga. So it's this is like Pixel Vixens. Oh no, that, no, this is this is, this is like ClearCost. That that guy from Greece that always does the oh, the lightwave yeah. stuff and stuff like that. That's who this is yeah. for. So anyway, it's cool to know that these sorts of things are still coming out for the Amiga. Now, um, who is really using this stuff? Let's have a chat. Well, about it's this like for asking who's. For application software, the hundred euros for your Amiga. Who the hell is using well, it's this? It's like thing? who's asking who's using their Amiga for anything other than gaming. The answer is like three guys in their basements. That's it. Oh, there's tons no, of people. No. But I mean, are they using? Most of them are like artistic stuff. Are there people actually running like their business on the Amiga? You never know, man. That's a question. If you're running your business or you're using heavy duty apps and stuff like business, I want you to send us a message or reply to this video and we'll talk about it next right. week, but I want to hear about that. Well, you, <laughs> you want to hear about this? Here's your Walnut Amiga 500, Aaron. Have you okay. ever had have what? you ever had a hankering to fully encase your Amiga 500 in some sketchy looking wood? What? Well, now I do. This thing looks like a beat-up Apple II that was rid hard and left to dry. It looks like it's chocolate cover, like like a, or you could like break it off and eat it. Yeah, this. Th Who, is that, what did they do here? But oh yes, yeah. you know what this reminds me. I, that is. I glorious. never actually saw this in person, but I've heard you talk about it so much that I almost feel like I have the Chuds arcade controller. Oh yes, yeah, made from the made from the tree. <laughs> this. This is a lot better quality. This looks pretty good up close. The, the far away picture, not so good. Now, so someone literally made a wooden case for their Amiga. That's what we're yeah, talking about here. Yeah, it looks like there are actually two pieces of wood. It looks like there's like an insert, or maybe it's just the angle. It looks like maybe it was mitered out, you know, on the inside there's here. There's two pieces here. That, that's a, they've actually angled stuff. I, I that's someone knows what they're doing. Wood yeah, like I said, I think I said Apple II at the beginning. What I meant was Apple One. Remember, the Apple One came in that crazy wood case too. Um, yeah. To me, I don't know. I in general, I'm a fan of wood cases, but uh, yeah. but this one, this one's not doing it for me. I I, I like that polished mm -hmm. wood look. But I like the you know what my I mean? favorite is just the wood grain contact paper. You slap that on anything, it looks great. That's the arcade yeah. way. Yeah. I'll have to say, kudos. First of all, whoever sent that in, kudos for finding it. That was it. me. And then secondly, <laughs> that is something I've never seen before, so I'm glad I saw it. That was a real Yeah, crazy. I don't know how I stumbled upon it. It was a late-night Reddit session, and uh, I stumbled upon what? that. No wonder you're so against forums. If you've been doing late-night Reddit <laughs> sessions, they'll turn any man I guarantee evil. You that's the, I there, guarantee boat. you that's the root cause. All right. This is not a new uh, article, but it is a great article. I, uh, as we were mentioned on uh, Amitopia this week for having their their video of the week for one of our previous shows, yeah. uh, I ran across this That's article legit. and I'd never seen this broken down this way before. I found this to be extremely useful. This is the Amiga Specs and Possibility Guru Meditation Guide by uh, Mr. Amitopia himself, Mikhail Bergseth. Um, and actually, this is pretty new. It came out April sixteenth. Uh, how far can you upgrade your Amiga? And there's a simple matrix here 
where it charts out what you can do with each model Amiga. Now, I'm sure for you, you've got all this stuff memorized, but for somebody that's relatively new to the Amiga hardware scene, I was like, you know, I wonder how much RAM I could put in my Amiga 100 or 1000. Turns out you can put in 128 meg if you've got the vampire. So, um, but anyway, have you seen any kind of a grid like this before, Aaron? No, I, I was just looking it over. Good find, both. Yeah, yeah, I was I was very impressed with this. And there's all the Zorro. Like, I didn't realize that you could put Zorro. Is is a Zorro one card basically your side your side car? Is that a Zorro one? Listen, this, I've never called that. It is. A, I guess that's a Zorro port, but I always think of Zorro as the internal right, ports. Right. Yeah. Anyway, well, those are Zorro twos that are the internals. Mm. I think. And Zorro threes. You could uh, you could put up to eight meg RAM in your CDTV, Aaron. If you ever get a CDTV. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> you could have the most expansive memory doorstop. That's on right. Earth. I want one. That's a sad thing. And finally, our final story of the week. This is a brand new medium post, and this doesn't really tell us anything new. However, it is a very nice summation of the Amiga story and where the Amiga community is today. This comes to us from Adam Spring, who posted this up on Medium. And it basically just talks about all of the different, uh, I wouldn't say competing initiatives, uh, the initiatives that sort of uh, coincide with each other uh, that are going on in the Amiga community these days, the Amiga One project with uh, Trevor Dickinson. Boy, Aaron, you know, I had a chance to take a look at one of these things in Amiga Ireland, and I was very impressed. These are, this kind of reminds me of, you know, the Mac Pro of the, uh, the Amiga world, where it's insanely expensive, but it looks super cool sitting on your desk, and you're not really sure what you're going to do with it, but you know you're going to use it yeah. a lot because it's cost you. You know, uh, you were impressed. I was very thanks. impressed. I, I was, I'm kind of surprised to hear uh, that. And the guy, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the guy that owned it was a great, he was selling me on it, man. He was telling me all the cool stuff yeah. about it. Um, so anyway, you've got that. He talks about Amiga Inc. and how it's changed hands a million times. Amiga 1. Uh, and anyway, I had a good read. I thought this was a good a, a good sort of summation of what's been going on. So if this is one of your first episodes of Amigos and you're wondering what the big deal is with all the different uh, things that are going on in the community these days, you could do worse than checking out this post here on Medium. Ringing endorsement. <laughs> you could do worse. <laughs> hey, but just, just at press time, I want to make one more mention, especially since he's here in the chat room right now. Doug from 10 Minute Retro Amiga, whatever podcast, mm -hmm. has put up a video that he, he made a toaster. Have you seen? Oh this? yeah, he he actually put that. I think that went up today, and I was going to mention it next week since we had so many yeah. so much news this week. Well, too late now. All right. It's mentioned. He may he, he Doug has been toying and 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 cajoling and and manipulating the video toaster, and he's produced some video with this thing, complete with. Uh, 1980s and 1990s style style wipes all these crazy yeah so anyway crazy we will we will actually over. talk about that next week when i have it pulled up and we can uh we can give it a good look see so that's a little uh we could mock yeah we i want to we do need this sort of a visual right, story right. uh so we're gonna have some more great amiga news already in the can for next week so make sure you stay tuned for that uh but that's going to wrap up the uh the the gamble trains bounty of goodness that was some wacky news this As week. As it pulls but... into the turntable and backs into the roundhouse. You oh, hear me? Thomas the Tank Engine. Everything, no, everything I know about trains I learned from Thomas, including the Toby Anthem. All right, Aaron, <laughs> let's talk about Goldcorn <laughs> Expressin'.
You know what I like about this week's uh, episode of the Amigos What's boat? That? We have a tradition here on the Amigos that anytime we talk about anything that involves trains, the episode's a runaway hit. <laughs> That's true. It never That's failed. True. That Thomas the Tank Engine thing we did was one of the, or you did it, I think, a plate that was one of the highest viewed things it, we've it ever was, done. It, insane. Insane. And let's not forget Thomas Pinball. Which is another, <laughs> <laughs> we've, so we've covered plenty of change. This is a non-Thomas affair. We'll see how it holds mm. up. So the old gold corn expression right. but what does that uh, what does that translate in english well i believe it's gold like the color gold or golden and then corn is the shape of the uh the puff there so this is this is yeah. very much like a honey smacks sort of cereal yeah. it, it can complete with bear yeah. so I, I you know i'd i heard of this just because that someone maybe you but someone on the amiga shell did a play of this long ago and I remember when it popped up, I was like, what the hell is that? And it was this. Boy, uh, I did, are you saying I did a, I did an Amigos plays of this? I had no memory so of that. We have one on the site. Yeah, I don't know who Maybe did Maybe Chris it. Folds I can't remember. did it. He loves this game. Uh, this was released in 91, Boat, on A-Disc. And this is a Denmark exclusive. Have we ever done anything that was specifically made for the Denmark people? Not that I'm aware of, but I hope this isn't the last one. Now you've also got. They made another version of this, and it's apparently the exact same game with some minor changes called the Callias Puffs Express. I, I don't even believe that they are. This is a different game. I believe it's just a different cereal. Right, but I'm, uh, yeah, that's right. That's what I mean. They just it's oh, a rebrand. That's right. That's right. Right. Uh, two players, hot seat. If you're if you're so inclined, developed by an outfit called Silver Rock. Uh, they did. Now it's funny. Believe it or not, I've heard of some of their games. Really? <laughs> yeah. They did uh, George Glaxo. And they, did, of course, they also worked on. Uh, they did Callus Puffs Express, and of course, but they also did the Hugo series. And I actually have played a couple of these Hugo games. I'll, I want to say that I, I want to say where I got them. I want to say that we did. Didn't we? Wouldn't we do an Amigos on one of the Hugo games? I don't think so. Because uh, I, I remember talking it. about the movie. I don't know. I don't. What movie? Hugo. I don't think these are. I think he is a Hugo, like a little elf. No, or Hugo or is like there's like a clock and there's a kid. There's some other stuff. I don't think. I don't think that's okay. this. But what? Hey, someday the committee can jump on this. Um, the uh, fellows that worked on this boat actually have done things that we both loved. Believe it or not, uh, the coder uh, Soren Gronbeck, uh, amongst the things he did, uh, was sort of Sodan. Really? Wow! But, yeah, One of your right. faves. That bad yeah. Boy. Uh, a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Data Storm, Giganoid. Uh, the guys that did the graphics on this, Martin Larson, uh, he did a game called The Moochies, which I <laughs> would be interested in looking into. And the other graphic guy, Torben. Uh, 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 Backager Larson, amongst his uh, contributions to the Amiga, was Battle Squadron and Hybris and Sword of Sudan. Wow, he did some of the graphics. That's on all crazy. Those. Now, he could be the opening scene guy, but I mean, still, he's it's neat. Um, the music was done by a fellow named Jesper Olson, who worked on George Glaxo and Harold Hand Tanned. <laughs> so go figure. So these all, oh, and this was converted over to the Amiga by Jesper Olson. As well, according to the according to the uh, um, credits, 
So uh, ECS, OCS, this actually got ported to the C64 and DOS, mm. uh, if you can believe that sort of thing. Um, so what is this thing, Bo? This is another one of these games that has a tie-in to a product, like you mentioned. It's funny, we've come across... This is probably, what, the third or fourth time we've done one of these things? Oh, Bo? yeah. I mean, there, there's your classics. There's all the, the Colin Curly Quavers. You got your uh, Penguin Biscuits. Quavers has been a repeat of Yeah, the Penguin Biscuits on uh, James Pond 2. Right. Um, yeah. Right. So uh, you were right, of course. This is a, a, a product game for these uh, cereal. And again, I, when you said Sugar Smacks, well, that's what I remind me of. So uh, apparently, the, you know, it, isn't Honey Smack? That's a frog. It's not a bear. Well, uh, Sugar Smacks is the bear. No, it's, it's, it's all the same. They just changed it from sugar to honey. It's always been is the it, frog. Uh, there's a bear. We got all kinds of crap. It doesn't matter. So in this game, your job is as the as the uh, designate uh, uh, mascot for this cereal is to deliver the cereal to the end of the level so it can be dumped in the box. And then, and then it can be, I guess, presumably transported to all the boys and girls. Now, I'll tell you something right now. Uh, if, it, if you had to go through this effort to make one box of this stuff, this cereal would be $50 billion a box. Because <laughs> you're, you're running an entire train line. You're doing all kinds. You're paying this bear. God knows how much That's money. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so what are you doing this? Well, this is a, this I have to say, this is a pretty unique a puzzle game. I mean, I'm sure there have been games like it. I, I know we've played stuff similar, but it, I still thought it was kind of interesting. You drive, you really control two people in this game. You're well, controlling... You, you, you almost control three. It's like you control the train, the bear, and your buddy. You control... What do you mean your buddy? You're, well, I, I don't know what that thing is, the fly thing. That's a bee. Is a bee? Hmm. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> what you, did you see the close-up? I forgot. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the close-up we're about to see right now. <laughs> so so anyway, you control a bee and a bear that drives a train. Your job is to get is to go out, take your train, get the cars the, the hooked up, go and get the cereal put in the cars, then add that sweet, sweet drop of honey to each car so the cereal t gets that uh, beautiful, delicious... Uh, gold corn mm. taste, and then you have to negotiate your way to the end of the level where you'll dump the cars into the right. box, the, the cereal box. Along the route of these railroad tracks are various obstacles and switches, <clears throat> and your job is to take your little bee, and man he goes out and manipulates the switches when, when they need to uh, be manipulated. He, he does a few other things, too. Uh, so... This is one of those deals where basically the track splits into multiple uh, directions, and your job is to use these switches to so you can take your train backwards and forwards up to the appropriate track to get pick up cereal or whatnot. It's a pretty wacky game. Now you're probably asking yourself, Boat. I know you're not, but you're if you're never played this before, you're like, how how the heck do you do all this stuff with a joystick and a button? Well, they've actually amazingly. <laughs> And I'll give the game credit. They've come up with a pretty decent control. Uh, Absolutely. A control. Yeah, cycle. it's fantastic. The controls are great. <laughs> so, yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, who to thunk it, though, is mm -hmm. my point. It's a game about cereal. So, you if you if you uh, move the joystick around, your train will go around. If you hit the button, the train will keep doing whatever it's doing, and you'll be controlling the mm -hmm. bee. 
All right, and then so you can run up and do switches and stuff. So what you learn pretty early on is that you don't want to be going uh, crazy eight bonkers down the track and then decide to switch over to the B <laughs> and because your train will careen to its, to its yeah. death. And so you've got to basically slam on the brakes this train, do the B, then go back to moving the train. Or and it's not if a, you like to live life on the wild side, you do let it careen down the tracks and you try and you try and just see if you can. Because like, I did that. Part of the fun for me in this game was sort of like living life on the wild side. I would get the train going down the hill, switch over to the B, flip the switch, hit it back, get control right as soon as I needed to slow down, then slow her down. Casey Jones, well, 2020. Yeah, th that never worked for me. So I, my, I was the slowest, most methodical train serial delivery bear you've ever seen. Now, it wouldn't be a game if all you did was control a bee and a bear and drive a train full of cereal down the tracks. That's nothing. So you've also got other obstacles that make the, that spice things up. Occasionally, you'll come across uh, boulders in the tracks. You'll also come across uh, dirt, like dirt that falls in the tracks, big pile of dirt. Uh, you even come across down trees. You also have uh, parts of the track that are like jacked up that you can't go go across. Uh, so what do you do? Well, this is this this is the mascot cereal bear who's also packing dynamite. Yeah, brother. he is. And, and my favorite part of this game by far is when the is when you have the bear casually lean out the side of the train and throw just, dynamite. Just fling it. That's the, <laughs> It never ceases to amuse me that this happy-go-lucky bear's winging dynamite and stuff, but he can. So, and you're thinking to yourself, well, how the hell do you do that? Well, you hold the button, and a little menu pops mm -hmm. up. The choices on the menu are like um, uh, go out and dig dirt. That's yeah, a and these are for if, if you're listening, these are in carnal directions. So you got up, down, left, and right. There's yeah. four different things. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, there, one of them is jump. <laughs> one of them is eat some of the cereal and somehow jump your train. Yeah. See, the stronger the bear is, the higher the train can jump. It's perfectly logical. Now, all this is well and good, but occasionally you'll also get a a, a cutscene uh, for this stuff. For example, uh, in the aforementioned uh, bit where the where you need to jump your train over mm -hmm. something. Uh, and all the places I went to jump, it was the it was a falling right. tree because there's nothing you can do about those. I, and again, I didn't get I didn't get super far in this game. So there may be I watched a video and it looked pretty much the same all the way mm -hmm. through. But I didn't, you know, there may be other stuff, but I didn't see it. So when you're when you go to eat the cereal, the game stops. There's a there's a brief load, and then the bear. There's a close up of the bear, and he's talking. I guess and he's talking in in. What's he speaking? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and saying he's speaking Danish. Danish, and but I mean he's like, whoa, it's very disturbing. It is. My kid was like, what they is were, that? That's, that's probably the, the the worst part of the game. I mean, it physically made me uncomfortable when I would hear those voice samples. It, it was like the devil. Yeah. And the thing is, this is the nicest, frilly looking teddy bear, and then you hear. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, he's a summon of the demon. <laughs> and, then, and then he'll eat the cereal. There's a little cutscene, animated cutscene, and then you can jump your train. There's another animated cutscene where uh, when you get the there when you go to put the honey in the cars, there, there, there's like a you know, they used to have the water thing for a proper train. This thing is a is a beehive 
shaped thing that dispenses honey mm-hmm. and you have to take your little bee up to it and there's a cutscene and the bee's all smiling he's like he does some of that crap too and it's it's a 20 octaves higher <laughs> this bee <laughs> and he put the drop in thankfully it only does that once per level because that would you would want to die if it did it every mm-hmm. time. Although the uh, anytime you eat the cereal, oh no! And it. I seem to I seem to remember that he would he would speak out. He would speak to me throughout the course of the level. Oh yeah, he yeah, talks. He's a talker. He said, but I mean that's the most disturbing thing. Something else that is kind of funny. Let's say you're careening, uh, you know, uh, uh, like locomotive breath style. You're careening down the tracks and you ram your train into a say a mm-hmm. tree. Well, you would think that would be hideous, right. but in this game, it's actually yeah, cute. He's loving the cut it. Cutscene where the bear just looks at, is standing, looking over the damage. He didn't care. He's no, smiling. he's a union man. He knows that happened to him. <laughs> what did you think of this boat? I've been chatting for a while. Give us your, give us your thoughts. You know, this is it's it's unique. Uh, I was not expecting a a serial based puzzle train simulator. No, no, um. No. There are aspects of this game that I thought were really clever. The controls are amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing controls. They did what every game should do when faced with only one button. Uh, they, they made it work. Um, yeah, they did. I, the, I thought the graphics were great. The gra- very, yeah. very colorful. Um, yeah. The music was was fine. I mean, just like all music. Uh, I mean, there's this. They didn't they didn't go out and hire John Williams to compose this score. You know, they got they got your normal computer music guy to come in and do a track. It gets but it's it's, upbeat. it's yeah it's upbeat. It does get old after a while. I did have to mute it after a while. Um, the I was disturbed by the way the bear looks as he's just like riding in the train because he's fully expressionless. I mean, his face, it's like a mask of either joy or abject terror. I mean, he just looks, he looks weird. And the way that he speaks to you throughout the level, as we talked about before, just very, very disturbing. Um, even if that was in English, it would oh, be yeah. disturbing. Oh, yeah. If it, and the, being in another language makes it even more disturbing. The way he's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. Yeah. it's very weird. Uh, I think that I would have preferred to just excise the B completely from the game and just have whenever you, like if you, you could either go over, whenever you run over a switch, it changes it, or maybe you have to like go to the switch and push the button and, and maybe make that one of the commands. Um, I don't know, I, I didn't feel like that. You gotta have the B. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he's, you know, maybe he's part of the marketing and the cereal too. That's right. But, and of course it does make sense, you know, the whole honey thing and everything. The the worst part of this game is the fact that if you mess up, you have to go back to the beginning of every level. They they need yeah. to have a way, especially because this is a game that's ostensibly for children. I mean, it's a it's a it's a product oh. it's a product based you know serial thing. This is not going to be something would, that they're marketing to adults. Um, that, who was this made right. for? That's something I kept asking myself because there's no kid going right. to play this. It's, it's so fr- it's Plus, so frustrating. You want to teach your kids that you can wing dynamite. That's not doesn't seem right. 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 And so I this game could have been a really above average game if they would have put in some kind of a checkpoint system or give me some hearts, give me a life bar or something like that. 
uh, as it is, I got so frustrated, even just trying, I was like, you know, I'm going to beat this first level no matter what. It took me forever to beat it, not because I didn't understand what I was supposed to do, I did, but I would just like, I would lose control of the train or I'd hit the button, you know, in excitement and accidentally change control over to the B without realizing that's it. The hard, that's the biggest problem. The, um, yeah. Whenever you have to go to jump the train... You have to, as soon as that cutscene starts playing, you have to start mashing that button like there's no tomorrow because when you come out of that cutscene, your train is traveling Mach 5 towards this tree branch that's only about 10 feet away from you. And if you don't hit that button, you're going to run right into it. The train does not jump it's on its own. When, when that happens, I've never quite been sure. Well, I, I clear the tree every time. But much like you said, whenever it happens, I'm hitting the button and hitting right. up on the joystick. I'm not sure what. <laughs> you're covering it. all your bases. I wasn't sure what. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to because it's a tree yeah. man you know this game is funny because uh, um like i said it it seems like it's it's i put together for kids but i mean this would be a tough maybe dutch kids are really smart maybe so. you know uh and because we're here well, here comes a dumb american I, i'm much like yourself i didn't exactly we, we should we should mention that when you say dutch you actually mean danish because those are different yeah. danish excuse me the uh um uh, Truth of the matter is, once I got past the first, once I figured out what was going on and got past the first level, of course, this is your classic, like, European game where you really don't need any sort of written stuff. All the, everything's pictures, you know? So it took me a little while to figure out what those pictures meant and how to access yeah, the Yeah, and it doesn't and help that there's no English manual available for this anywhere online I could find. Right. Well, I, I had to, I'd watch a, I had to watch a guy play it because I kept getting to the tree and I'm like, what the hell right, do I do here? Right. Well, so once I got past the first level and, and uh, realized that you can't go crazy on the train, I got to like, I think I got to like the fourth level on it. And it was, I actually enjoyed it. You're right. I, I will say I played this one a lot on the, uh, with Amiga forever and it was for save states. Mm. Uh, because I, I didn't, didn't, I, I didn't even think, I didn't even think to use save states. That would have been a good idea. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, listen, I, I'm like yourself. I don't want to go through that whole rigmarole mm -hmm. again. I don't. This is a game I, I don't know how much replay value it would have once you know how to do the puzzles. The the biggest gripe I've got in this game is the and it's not really the game's fault, but it's it's part one of the side problems with the control system. And you brought it up is the fact that you hit that button accidentally sometimes or panicky, and so I can't tell you how many times my train would be careening off that to the one side of the screen and the B would be gone. That's because I thought I had the train, mm -hmm. but I had the B. What would have been nice if, the... if they would have taken the top left corner of the screen and just had a little picture of a train or a little picture of a B, and whenever you push the or button, it just bell. goes, yeah. Something that would indicate that you had switched. Right. Would even Just a, an audible mm -hmm. sound would have yeah. helped. Yeah. Yeah, but a picture would have been nice, too. Uh, that's, that's the game's biggest flaw. Now, is it one you'll get used to? Yes. Uh, is it one uh, that will keep you from enjoying the game? No. I think eventually, because I can, I got better at not doing that, but it still happened all the time, you know, with 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 control and stuff getting you know getting backwards on it. But overall, I thought it was a cute game. I thought it was uh, uh, for a, again for something that's a, a, a tie-in with a product. I thought it did a good job for the product. I mean, it's cute. It look it's almost like playing a commercial for something, mm -hmm. you know. <clears throat> so. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. You are true. You're right when you say the bear's lifeless face yeah. leering up at you from that train is disturbing. Uh, and the fact that he doesn't care if the train wrecks or not, <laughs> no one cares about nothing mm -hmm. in this world. 
They don't care. All the cutscenes of when you get killed are just them, just like we don't really die. They just don't. They don't care. The bear doesn't seem to be mad at you, you know. So I guess they're yeah. that. I do like um, that. You know, they 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 put a lot of care into the actual um, like whenever you like they could have just made you go to the end of the level and that would have been the end of the level. But the fact that they had the animation of you dumping the uh the 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 cereal into the boxes it reminded me i had this this toy when i was a kid i think it was called like the big loader or something like that but it was this train set and well it wasn't really a train it was like it was a fisher price thing but anyway it had like the hopper where you pull in and you you push the thing and the things come down and you know what i'm talking about yeah Yeah. so that is the uh it, it reminded me of that and that always that brings back good memories so i uh I actually tried to look this up on the PC, and I actually had uh, the DOS version of this, but I couldn't get to work on my PC. I don't know mm. why, because I was kind of interested to see how it was going to look. Uh, and I've heard the C64 version's okay. Um, I did look up some reviews, and I know we've got some uh, some reviews on Discord. I only The only review I came up with was the Lemon review of this and the people and people in lemon give this a 6.94 boat which i know you're going to say that's super low for lemon and it sort yeah, of is absolutely I think this that, is our first six we've ever done on lemon oh i can't be because we did we've done other games that are far worse than you this know the one. lemon crowd uh, though, but uh, pumping it up yeah please how do we do on discord we got a couple of reviews on discord let me pull those up real quick um so, as always, if you are a Patreon supporter of Amigos, you can join our Discord server and you can post your own review for us to leave on the air. Our first review this week comes to us from the one and only Graham W. Vebke. He says, I could only assume this is a Danish licensed title for some gold corn type cereal, which forms the game's objective. Uh, collect the carriages, then the cereal and honey, and drive the train to the destination using TNT to blow up any obstacles, or the driver will use a shovel for the smaller ones. Yeah, I thought that was odd, Aaron, that the, the TNT can blow up massive boulders, but it's unable to remove small piles of soil from the tracks. Uh, you can even make the train jump. Not a bad puzzle-type game, and you can switch control to a B to control the track switches and honey taps, then backing in. You can't drive the train carelessly, or you will have to start again. There's even DOS and C64 versions of this, but it doesn't excite me like it does Chris Folds. 7 out of 10. Chris Folds writes, Welcome to one of my guilty pleasures, the charm and quirkiness of a specky game in an Amiga wrapper. Whimsical, fun, relaxing, and full of charm with a surprising deep game underneath, and it's something that fires all my member berries back to a simpler time. One of my all-time favorite <laughs> 16-bit games on any platform, 9 out of 10. Wow. And finally, Pixels at Dawn says, This is a nice-looking puzzle game and certainly different, but you could never mistake this for anything other than a promotional game. It starts simple and stays that way till the end of the game with very little variation in mechanics. But don't get me wrong, this is fun and not too taxing, as gameplay proceeds at a sedate pace and provides a good distraction in short bursts. The beautiful animations that appear periodically get special mention too. Worth a look, but not going to blow any minds, 7 out of 10. I disagree with that. I believe that you could turn this, you could take the gold corn label off this thing and it would be up there with you know a ton of puzzle games on the amiga that don't have the promotional branding i think this is an above average game i think this would be a great game if we could rebrand it for west virginia make it where we could where we could where we could actually replace the cereal with coal mm-hmm. and we could, yeah and, and we could and it would be perfect and replace the bear with some grizzled old absolutely miner. i be, love it 
it, it would work out it would work out great. Uh, but uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty decent game. I'd say seven. I'd say that's probably about where I would put it. Um, I did have a look on eBay for this thing. Uh, believe it or not, I couldn't find oh, any. <laughs> oh, it's a shame. So, good luck. All right, Aaron. Well, as we roll towards the end of the podcast this week, I do want to thank uh, all the fine folks that have joined us on Twitch uh, live. We record this show live every Friday night on Twitch. Uh, we've got Challenged Moose here with us. Ricky DeRosha, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, doing a great job modding in the chat. Frodo NL, Duncan Styles, Darkwing 602. Uh, let's see. Cowbird Boy is with us. Hi, Seven Sitch. Um, Ten Mark, Mitsuyama. Um, pretty good crowd. Pretty good crowd in, in the yeah. old. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I know Edvin was around her. Oh, yeah, I put Evan there too. So. All right, Aaron. Uh, we also want to thank all of our Twitch subscribers. Uh, thank you so much for subscribing if you have subscribed to us on Twitch. And we have something a little bit special today for the Patreon Song Challenge. Before we unveil it, I want to congratulate all the winners of last week's Patreon Song Challenge. Last week's song was Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. Uh, t- now, Terry, how- I, know this is, I know what you've got here is very special. You want to? You, you might as well save it till after the videos and unveil it at the end of the show. Oh yeah, I forgot about the videos. Well, I want to announce the no, uh, the winners here: Terry Hatfield, Pixels of Dawn, Pack Billy, The Slow, Norris, Misiyama, and Barkbit. And Barkbit says, "As it happens, me and my wife's personal song." You know, I'm sure that whatever version they were playing during their special times in the past, they will replace with the Patreon song going forward. <laughs> so let's talk about what's been going on on the old YouTube channel, Aaron. Um, there's been some, you put up some great stuff this week. It's got to be, you got to, uh, there's a lot of good stuff, and you were a busy boy. Uh, let's see here. I got to pull it up uh, and switch the window over. Bingo. All right. First up, we got a new video from the brutal one, Brutal Barracuda. He continues his series of the top 10 most played Amiga games from some of our most ardent Patreon supporters. This week, Aaron, he's got Chris Fold's top 10 game list. Did you have a chance to check this one out? No, I didn't. I didn't even see that. It's funny. I just mentioned Brutal on uh, Lazarus on ARG and. Here he comes. You know, Brut- <laughs> Brutal does great work. You know, I, oh, yeah, I love the way that he's got these formatted, and uh, they're they're so so well done. Um, and uh, I'm gonna I haven't seen this one either, but I will check it out and see what Chris loves about the Amiga. I know that it got some great comments. Lots of people agreed with his assessments. Uh, I put up. This is the first of many uh, games that I streamed live on Twitch uh, last week. Finally got a chance. Uh, after many, many, many weeks of fussing around with various cables and things, I finally figured out a way to get my Spectrum Plus 2 that was given us to us by none other than Roshi, uh, get that hooked up to the CRT so I could get a chance to fire up the Magnum, Aaron. The Magnum is the light gun for the Spectrum, which was given to us by the one and only Pixels at Dawn. And of course, I couldn't think of a better game to kick off this series than Bullseye, the classic 80s game show, trivia darts game show. Have you watched any Bullseye, Aaron? I'm not. Trivia yeah, darts. Yeah, trivia that darts. So you, you you fire a dart at the board, you answer a question. Uh, I had pretty good results with the old uh, with the old Magnum. 
So uh, you can see my, my reaction. Is it actually worked the way it was supposed to? So uh, yeah, check it out. It was a good time. And I got the Johnny Castaway screensaver playing up there. Remember old Johnny Castaway from back in the day, Aaron? Oh, yeah. I good remember time. that thing. Good God. time. All right, Aaron, coming up next, uh, I recorded another trombone tune. We got the Dr. Mario theme and the Bubble Bobble theme uh, playing here. Uh, let's see. Actually, I believe that the Bubble Bobble theme we talked about last week. So, uh, now, were you a big Dr. Mario guy, Aaron? You know, Teresa, that's her favorite game. Mm. You need to record the other song for Dr. Mario. Yeah, I would love to have the, the there's a there's a bunch of great tunes in this game and I'm on I'm on the lookout for the the other sheet music. So uh Now how how are you coming up with this stuff, Boat? Are you just uh are you actually writing no, it yourself or you Gosh no, it? yeah. I, I'm finding arrangements. There's a guy called Tuba Peter, tubapeter.com, and he's got a he's got yeah. a website full of free sheet music written for uh, trombone tuba. And so uh, I'm just uh just playing it off there. Let's see, Aaron, moving right along, we've got Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat 2 on ARG this week. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you chose those games? Yeah, this week, uh, the wheel picked games you'd played for 50-plus hours. And uh, it's funny, when we first pulled this, I, could, I was like, man, what am I going to pick? Uh, but it turns out that uh, I've played tons and tons of games for 50 hours. I wish I sat down <laughs> and thought about it. And so it's funny that me and Brent both ended up picking fighting games, but of course we both love them. And uh, uh, I picked Street Fighter, of all things, for the Super Nintendo, Street Fighter 2. And uh, just because it's sort of a special game for me and Brent uh, from back in the day, because we actually pulled our money to buy it, which was a rare alliance. It ended badly. And then uh, Brent picked uh, Mortal Kombat 2, which is a game that he would leave our house in, at midnight and go to a truck stop to play. <laughs> I remember that happening all the time. So if you want to hear wacky stories about dumb things we did, tune in ARG this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be looking at, uh, or this coming, I guess we'll be, we'll be recording it uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, for those that are live, we'll be recording... Uh, games on the GBA. Yeah. I'm super excited for that episode. Uh, you know, my favorite part of the uh, the um, ARG episode last week was when you, you recounted the story of how you played Brent for the ownership of the cartridge, yet you only had one Super Nintendo. Yeah, actually, I didn't have any at the time. <laughs> it's funny because Brent's version of that story makes me sound sort of like a jerk. And I don't remember it that way, so I don't know who's right. Of I'd not. say probably me. And finally, Aaron, Ask the Amigos April 2020. We're doing these about once a month. Uh, once a month, we compile all the questions that our Discord uh, our Discord family ask us and we sit down and answer them this week uh it was dominated by that tiger show questions which irritated you to no end and it annoyed you so much you almost stopped the episode in its tracks it wasn't that bad it's just that, that listen i got on facebook one time and none of the and there was no tiger stuff all right then like the next day this thing's everywhere i'm like what in god's name is this and i keep more and more and more and more listen we i hit the wall I hit the wall on this stuff. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not watching this weird thing. <laughs> so anyway, that's going to wrap up this week's Amiga, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, channel videos on Amiga's Retro Gaming. Oh. Just, just spit it out. Okay. Boy. Does it ever seem like I do 87,000 segments on this show and you do one? <laughs> yeah, it works out great. Yeah. So Aaron, 
it's time for the Patreon song. Uh, we did get one late arrival. Uh, John Cook has returned to the fold as an Amigos supporter. So welcome uh, back, we, we welcome him back. And um, we have a very special uh, song this week. Uh, and I, I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. She Frodo in El Solincer Take me Jebedee's magic roundabout Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Daniel, Williams, Bernard, Lucas Jerry Dennington's or Glove, Commodore, Kid Reflection, Simon, Ledge, Cabin, Crispy Killer, Bites, and Caffeine. Mike W. Decker, Three Quarters, Gary Heather. Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong. Andy Jones, Lobster, Maneda, Timena, the Beagle, Retro, Casper, Noswin, Retro. Him, Simon Joseph Harrison, Khaled and Bob O'Hara, Matthew Merrimore and Craig, Sean Zobarbid, Roland Burke and Drew Bunce, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kellam, Alan Kepfar, Chexley. Bevan Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRoche, Rippy Dead Boy, Ricky City Zebra, Slow Norris, Stephon, Sorgard, Mortensen, Nathan Helen, Lindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Robbie Abbott, Chris Holmes, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Brewer, Graham, Deb Key, Lane Vincent, Adam Battersby. Gary Huckersy, Brian Jones, all Harrington Jones styles. Takes from the grid, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Gruber, GHT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Humberstadt, Daniel Bingston, Bruno Barracuda, Gary Cole, Jason Wall, Pixel for Dawn, and we're back so if you know that song you can send me a message at john at amigos retrogaming.com no that's not right well actually that would go to me too because all those all those urls go to me but john at amigos podcast.com and i will announce I you i will announce you as a winner on our next show very good boat all right aaron it's been a long journey. This has been a long episode of Amigos. Next week, we are going to be playing 
Um, this is a level lore joint, and I do want to thank uh, Chris Folds for his uh, his choice suggesting this to the Amigos Game Selection Committee and thank the Amigos Game Selection Committee for voting on it. Next week we're going to be playing Wings of Fury. Ooh, 